What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're ready. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And this family episode is what I'm going to call it. I hope to do this more and more regularly i have the man up crew many of you know them we have cross-pollinated our podcast and i share a lot of their listeners and vice versa shout out to ben hardy he is the revelation of a party without further ado i have jake reeves what's up baby how you doing why 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 the shout out to ben hardy you got to give a shout out to ben hardy dude but but unwritten law okay how did that happen Oh, let's Wes Dunham. We'll get to okay, that. we'll get to that. So right. Como esta? The the shout out to uh, Ben Hardy being the revelation of a party is uh, the many times that I have gone to Philadelphia, Mississippi, uh, whether at Daniel Sharp's Log Cabin or at the Neshoba County Fairgrounds, things didn't pop off until Ben Hardy showed up, and then it became a party. Okay. And that's where the saying comes from. Now, what's crazy is Ben is – He's sober. He's he's been in sobriety for years now. Yeah. But you you know the 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 people in your life, and you know like we've talked about it on Man Up, that just have that it factor. Like when they show up, yeah. now it's time. Yeah. Like they bring it. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's hundred percent. That's been Hardy. That's been Hardy. So I wonder how he deals with it. Because I'll be honest with you, um, I think we all deal with an addiction of some sort, mm-hmm. right? I think everybody deals with it on some level. We were talking about mine before the podcast came up. We just weren't we just weren't talking about it in that context, right? Mm-hmm. But y'all know what I was talking about before the podcast mm-hmm. came on, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mine. And um, it's impressive when I see somebody who can maintain sobriety. And it's just, I don't see how you can maintain sobriety in those environments where other people are drinking and partying. Yeah. I could not do it. I don't have because I know what my addictions are, mm-hmm. and I know I have to be removed. I can't be around it. I can't tempt myself at all. Now, part of that might be that I'm not as I'm not I'm not walking my step. You know, I'm not doing the things I need to do to make sure you know mm-hmm. to to keep my mindset where it needs to be. I think that might be part of it. It takes an extreme amount of discipline too, though. I mean, just unbelievable amounts of discipline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I don't I don't coke is not my thing. Okay, uh, I smoke a little weed. But I don't really drink. I'm not. I don't. I don't have a nicotine issue. Uh, pretty much all the alcohol and nicotine I take in is, is on um, is here. Yeah. Is while I'm here. I, I I have bought some of these Rogue pouches that I'll keep in my truck, and every once in a while I'll pop one in. It's very rare. Th- those aren't my things. I've been getting better with the drinking. Now, granted, like let's say you know you and I we're gonna do a guitar lesson with. 
uh, I'm going to buy at least a six-pack for that. But it's almost like if I'm podcasting, because it's probably going to turn into that, uh, if I'm doing anything with a friend, and if we have a history of that, it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are tough hangs, man. Like, it's kind of it's it's kind of hard to, like, be at this table and be sober. Sober. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really yeah. is. It is. And, and we, did that, we you, did that to ourselves. It can be that way for me, too. For me, and I don't drink, but it can be hard for me sometimes to really loosen up the way that I need to at the table when we're doing podcasts without a drink or two, especially if y'all are drinking. Mm-hmm. And y'all are drinking. It's like, man, I really, but I don't. Have, but that's not an issue of mine. So I don't really necessarily consider that an issue because a, I've, and that's why every once in a while I'll be on the show and I don't drink. If you'll notice, right. every few episodes I don't drink, and it's just to show myself that you just, can, that I can, that I'm in control mm-hmm. of this. And at any point that I feel that I'm not in control of something, I completely remove it. And that's important to do. <laughs> we, right. we, need, we need to take those strides, right? Like, I mean, Wes, like you, you were telling me uh, last week before the show. That uh, you had signed up for a five k, mm-hmm. just to discipline yourself to yeah. really. I, I want to be. Better, I want to be in better shape. I don't know. I think this was before the podcast started last I, week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you oh, were yeah. here. I, didn't think, I don't think I knew about that. <clears throat> but no, I, I that's know dope, we, bro. I know we talked about in the past, like you know, how it's generally hard for me to do something unless I I've signed yeah. a contract or I paid for it. I got something in debt to it, mm-hmm. and so I signed up and paid for it. And yeah, I've been this past week. I've been running. and Trying to get in shape for it and stuff. I mean, I've dropped a few pounds, but not noticeable yet. But speaking of Logan Hogue, oh yeah, there he is. Um, but I got about seven weeks. I'm seven weeks out. I'll tell so. you, the the problem. The I used to be the same way, and I quit being that way because I find like when I stopped fighting, mm-hmm. I got real fat. And oh shit, um, that's like me. Look, when at me. do you go to the gym? Here lately, it's been at different times. Uh, just when you can when I can mm-hmm. yeah I was going early in the morning dude I want to do that and I am man enough to tell you that I cannot do it on my own if I had somebody to where I could go with so what's holding you back from going on your own I just I, I, just a lack of discipline lack of discipline one yeah and then two I don't know what to do so here's here's what I would say I, I don't know what that means and I'm 100% yeah. willing to go with you um, I have no problem with that. My schedule is really spotty right I now. I know it is, dude. And so, like, I'm just kind of going sometimes early in the morning, sometimes late in the afternoon. Sometimes I just go in the middle of the day, and I'm only getting two workouts in a week right now outside of jiu-jitsu, um, like lifting. I'm lifting two days, and I'm rolling two days. So I'm doing two days of cardio, two days of um, uh, lifting. But When you when you roll, do you consider that to be cardio? I do, yeah. yeah. It's like a fat burn for me at this Damn, point. But, yeah. Bro, come, come roll and tell me if you think it's cardio, cuz. Dude, I'm we, 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 no idea. I'm not throwing a shot. I don't, yeah, I don't no, no, no. I don't, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm, I'm just telling you you need to come try it mm-hmm. for you to really understand how much cardio it is. Word. Like, it, like you ever wrestled around with your friends? Hell yeah. All right, and think about Every how, muscle in your body hurts. Uh, and then you and you do that for how long most of the time? Seconds. A couple, dude. few seconds. Now imagine doing that for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like and, and for me, it's not that intense because, A, my body's developed to it. The other thing is, the better you get at jujitsu, the more fun jujitsu is, and the easier jujitsu is. So, like at a certain point, you'll see a lot of brown belts that do jujitsu get fat because their jujitsu is so good. They're no longer using the energy level to compete with the the a- athletic strong guy. Like we're almost just kind of chilling and relaxing and still beating them, so we get fat. But then people that don't know what they're doing, they come in there and they're like they're done in a minute. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, bro, I'm not even sweating yet. And I'm, I sweat super easy. I'm not even sweating yet. It's really, I'll be honest with you, jujitsu is insane. It is. How frustrating is it on like, like, it has to be frustrating as a beginner. beginner. Oh, man. Real. And then it has to be frustrating on the other end, too, being mm-hmm. a vet. Um, as a vet. Or is there more humility? What do you mean? Like, you're you're teaching someone like me that has no idea. Yeah, I mean, teaching the beginners is, is, be is it not like frustrating because like I'm coming at it some kind of way and I'm, I'm like it's almost like well you're a black belt but if I was like rolling with a blue belt or someone like in the mid like yeah I'm about to try to prove something to this guy. You, yeah, you lose that as you keep going. Yeah, you lose that a little bit. Now I'll do that with really I'll do it with really really athletic guys that I think need it. So, like, I roll with different people different ways. When I'm doing jiu-jitsu, if I've got a really strong athletic person, I'll pick it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that you can kind of come – they're they're coming in, they want to be a fighter, they they think they've got what it takes, they think they're the man. Like, I just need a little technique and I'm going to be ready to fight. To them, I'm going to prove to them, you don't know shit. You don't know anything. What's up? Mo, do you, you want to jump in on this? I mean, I, I think it's in your wheelhouse too. Yeah, for sure. But anyway. Absolutely. You don't want to jump in? He's not, he doesn't like talking. That's fine. Um, there's a reason he's over there. He doesn't want to be over here. Yeah. Um, but, no, when I'm when I'm rolling with those guys, I, I pick it up. And I'll kind of like, all right, show them something. My jiu-jitsu is a lot more high level than my striking, I think. And I, I have an easier time that with that in jiu-jitsu. Um, when I'm dealing with, like, somebody who's a little smaller or a woman or somebody who's – you can tell they don't – because jiu-jitsu is an equalizer. It takes the really confident and brings them down, and it takes the low and brings them up. And so it kind of brings everybody to the Zen middle, if you will. Maybe, maybe that's not the right way to say that. What do you, what do yeah, you think? I feel, yeah, kind of a Zen middle. Mm-hmm. Like it brings you to this like middle ground of confidence of like, like the better you get at jujitsu, the more you know you don't know, the more you are aware of your shortcomings. If you're somebody who's more athletic, and then if somebody who's not athletic and didn't believe in yourself, it gives you it gives you the power to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Something I'll say about that culture as an outsider looking in, but I. I somewhat feel like I'm in just because I hang out from with y'all. Yeah, you're somebody around us. Uh, is y'all's culture is like that to a T. Like there there's a there's a lot of humility. Yeah. And then there uh it's almost like the music crowd. Which is what I'm in. Right. Uh and it can be that way too. But one thing I'll say about it is like I love the MMA world. I like watching UFC and uh, the people that represent it, you know, like Bryce Mitchell or Sean O'Malley. Yeah. All these different cats, you know. It's like uh, they're openly, freely speaking their mind. And the MMA world really breeds uh, a person to be of individualist rather than a collectivist yeah. and to trust, well, it's the trust and know their limits. It's, an ulti- it's the ultimate individualist sport. I mean, it's you it's versus the world. you yeah. by yourself. In a locked cage with nobody in there with you, um, in a fight, you know what I mean? Like in mm-hmm. a fight, so in in, a, in an arena that possibly is the most important arena that there is. Because uh, here, all right, here's the thing: that's all sports is. All sports is. We got together and we started playing games to figure out the hierarchy, and then we made those games less and less dangerous as time went on. But essentially. Your first games, what sports were, was us simulating fighting. Roman Empire. And we're going to kind of figure out. It goes back a lot further Gladiator. than that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it goes back to the Greeks. Speaking of which, how often do y'all think about the Roman Empire? Have y'all seen that? Trend? I have seen that. I, I'm going to let y'all answer. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you. About once a week. 
about once a week, I think about the Roman Empire. Have you not seen the TikTok trend, the Instagram trend, where girls go around and ask their husband or boyfriend, like, how often you think about the, how, so how long do you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> I hadn't seen this. Uh, I, so just answer the question. Well, do you, uh, do you ever think about it? I guess every now and again, yeah. Because when we was golfing yesterday, my brother was talking about it, talking about gladiators and stuff. Yeah. Right, we talk about gladiators. Yeah. Yeah. We talk that's about politics. Yeah. Huh. Um, girls do not. Girls don't talk or think about the Roman Empire. That that's the most remarkable thing to me, Jake. Is like when these women are talking to their men. It's almost like uh, inside these guys' head, they have a an entire world or yeah. life that their girls have no idea about. Yeah, yeah. I think no, that goes both ways. It wasn't yesterday. It was this morning, actually, because we were uh, we were golfing, and he was talking about a golfer that's from Spain. And then he started talking about the Spaniard in the movie Gladiator, and we started talking about Gladiator and started talking about Romans and all that. It, we talk, yeah, yeah, we talked about it yeah, a lot. That was this morning. Yeah. 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 See what I mean? Guys talk about it all the time. It's, it really is crazy. Huh. Um, wow. What, what, what brought that on? Uh, oh, yeah, the, about what the, fighting is yeah. and, and how all other sports are really just uh, – now, team sports – because of franchises and and you know the way it was, you've been able to center them around cities and make it like more local. Um, have taken over, so like in one-on-one combat sports are no longer. Whereas back in the day, not that long ago, the biggest sport was boxing. That was what everybody was watching. Boxing, nobody was really watching the professional football at all. You know, nobody was really watching. I mean, you, there's a movie about when professional football because it was way smaller than college just 50, 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and. There's a movie kind of talking about that and, and kind of the development of this is with George Clooney. I don't know if y'all have seen it, um, but it's it's a pretty good movie. Um, but that's what sports is, and so when you take yourself into this ultimate test of like manhood, really, this ultimate test of like I'm going to get in the cage, I'm going to get in the ring, especially MMA. And this is not a, a diss on boxing, but MMA is more of a real fight than boxing is. Like two people walking around, oh, yeah. who's going to walk out? Yeah. And we see that in that. Have y'all watched the the Russian promotion? It's in, it's based out of Russia. It's no rules street fighting. Basically, they put them in a in a chain link cage on concrete with tennis shoes on, Damn. bare knuckle. You can eye gouge, Teeth you can line. bite, you can kick in the nuts, whatever, and you just fight. And we're gonna find out who the baddest dude is. Like anything's like fish Any, hooks and everything's everything? legal. No fish hooks, bars. no holds holds barred fighting. Fish ah, hooks, nice. head kicks, stomps. Everything right, yeah. and and it's Walking sort of healthy leaving a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's it's crazy. But what's cool, you know, talking about jujitsu again? It's funny to watch the the arts that still. Um, now you're gonna have to do more than Russian fighting promotion, Russian bare knuckle street fighting, like street fighting promotion. <laughs> we got, we got, got most trying to, there's look a lot to of, give us some content. Yeah, there's a lot of bare knuckle. You know, you watch, you're looking this up. This is audio, so nobody at home can see it. I was uh, I was watching the women's bare knuckle last night, the highlights. And oh, yeah. it was like round three, like toward the end. And you oh. literally saw T-Flying. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Britton <laughs> yeah. Hart. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, she destroyed that girl. Good Lord. She was just picking her apart. Dude. Yeah. Some of them females throw down now, dude. Oh, man. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, that bare knuckle's – a different uh, beast. Now they got the, I guess it's gaining a lot of traction. Is that Jorge Masvidal's bare knuckle MMA? Oh, I yeah. really like that. Alan Belcher's about to fight for the heavyweight title. Show, That's not it. 
Is it, uh, he's, uh, he's fighting Big, big, country? Roy, big yeah. country Roy, Roy Nelson. That yeah. looks like something you'd see in a movie. Like that looks yeah. like. Uh, have y'all seen the movie Snatch with Brad Pitt? Oh yeah, it's such <laughs> yeah. a good movie. The bare knuckle boxing <laughs> gypsy king. Yeah. You know, you know why they talk. You know, that's like a actually actually part of gypsy culture. That's why Tyson Fury is the gypsy king. What traveling yeah. by him like that? It, yeah, they bare knuckle boxing. Bare knuckle boxing is a big part of gypsy culture. Um, does it get like, Does it get any more like? <laughs> Just human competition than that. I don't know a better I don't way think to put so. it. I don't think so. There's, there's, um, there's, there's no, there's. It's you versus him, mano y mano. Yep. Nothing. You know. Yeah. Just, for sure. Who's the better man? Yep. That's that's really yeah. what. Um, uh, that's really what I think sports are, and you know different sports like, and that's why I don't like sports like soccer. I don't like sports like soccer because. There for, is, is there, it's for communism. It's for communism, <laughs> communists, and the reason why communists like it so much is there's no relation to the men on the field of whether they can kick my ass or not. There's none. I don't think there's a professional soccer player that can kick my ass. I don't like the flailing. Oh yeah, and, and I get right, it. It, it, and promotes, I get it. it promotes. It promotes sissiness. It, yeah, you got your pl- you're running That's it on right the there. field. That's for, it. Damn. Lord have mercy. That's it. Yeah. So uh, if y'all want to check it out, go to www. KOTSfights.com. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're I mean, head stomps. Ridiculous. Elbows just on concrete. But look at steel, boxing, oh wrestling. We just, just suplex him on his head on concrete. So if it's no holds bars, like how do they determine who wins? I mean, the ref will still stop the fight. I'm well, sure I guess you can tap sure out it's like what Jake was saying is whoever walks out of that. It, basically, when, when the ref sees that you're no longer able to defend yourself, that, that's it. Oh, gosh. And that's where it really changed. MMA, those strikes to the oh, back God. of the head and no knees or kicks to the head of a grounded opponent are the two rules, in my opinion. Everybody talks about the groin strikes and stuff. I'm not saying that doesn't play a factor. Eye gouging, stuff like that. That's not as much of a factor as the no kicks to the head of a grounded opponent. And um, what was the other one I said? No strikes to the back of the head. Mm. No strikes to the back of the head mean you, means you can shoot in on me for a takedown with your head down with impunity. Where if you get in on my hips, I can no longer hit you in the back of the head. If the back of your head is exposed on my hip, I can't drop elbows to the back of your neck and the back of your head. Well, that's going to definitely make it so that wrestlers have, and, the, and even jiu-jitsu guys to a certain extent, are going to have a clear advantage. This one's a good fight, too. These guys bang, man. They just set up a fence what you said about in a that, warehouse. There, there was this, uh, I think he was a boxer, a Mexican boxer, <laughs> and it was like just a sad three-minute clip. He goes in, it's pre-fight, he's smiling, having a good time. You know, the uh, the, the round girl, you know, she's mm-hmm. in her bikini, and I think he bumped her breast, and it's all happy-go-lucky. And he goes into the boxing match, and he gets hit in the back of the head, and then it fast-forwards. Yeah, he's, in a, he's like in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair now. Yeah, I know the boxer you're talking about. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And his life has forever changed. Yeah, and that's why the no strikes to the back of the head rule exists. Yeah. That's why that rule's there is because you can do some pretty serious long-term damage pretty quickly hitting the base of the skull on the back of the head. And it's mm-hmm. really like – it's like you're usually not necessarily going to go out from it like you will from a punch of the jaw. But, um, you know, you can have some pretty life-altering, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, da- yeah, like I mean, damage. His rehabilitation and shout-out to his wife for, like, sticking with him. But, like, he's he's learning how to walk again. Golly. You know. Damn, I don't know if I've seen that. Forever altered. But – uh. Man, I've uh, Jake. Shout out to you. you. You really brought this about Wes. You as well. I've 
over the past couple of months, I've been like uh, in some sort of an existential crisis to where I've been uh, questioning my, my faith and what I believe, and it leads to existential questions to such as, why are we here? But, uh, man, I've been in church for three Sundays in a row now. That's awesome, man. And uh, it's felt I've, great. I've really settled back into a church, too, for the first time in a long yeah, time. Yeah, and I, three different churches, and today I think I found a home. Really? So, Where at? Uh, first Baptist here in town. Okay. okay. Uh, I know a lot of the guys. They play with me at the open mic, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I even went to Sunday school. Wow, I haven't been to Sunday school in a very long time. It was great. We were, we were talking about the Ten Commandments, and we were like, we spent an hour just talking about the fourth one, keeping the Sabbath. Yeah, keeping the Sabbath, keeping it holy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what that means today, and it, it means something totally different uh, to what it did to the Israelites or the Jews, to what it means to us Gentiles today. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, well, that's that brings up an interesting topic because um, this episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com slash porch uh, at checkout, you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order. A little bit about Caldera Lab. It was clinically tested to work on dry, normal, and oily skin. Nine out of ten men who tried this product continued to do so, and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin. Uh, there's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, elasticity, dark spots, skin tone, and more. It really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead. I have been using the good for about a week now, and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer. And uh, I've never really been into skincare products. I was excited to give Caldera Lab a shot, and I'm glad I did. And so as you get a little bit older like myself, um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face. And maybe you'll tell a difference just like I am. Uh, I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, use promo code porch and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. Does that law apply to Gentiles? No, it doesn't. You see the fulfillment of it in Jesus Christ. So what? So that this—that's my question. So what are the laws? What? What? Are, what do we? What do? Does the Christian Church believe are the rules that we have to follow? I think there's two, right? Yeah. The Lord your God think, with all your heart and heart your heart, all your heart, soul, love, and mind. Your, love your neighbor as yourself. Is that it? That's what Jesus said. Okay, so no other and, rules and, apply. So what about like, mean, homosexuality? What about transgenderism? What about um, what about uh, sexual morality? Well, I mean, Paul addressed that in Romans. Is Romans law? <laughs> it seems to be. Okay. Where's, what's the who? And, and this is this is the the argument that uh, a lot of the Christian church can't. Who decided that? Of uh, you know, cancel Nicaea. Okay, you have to cancel Laodicea, cancel Nicaea. Why do we trust them? That's a great question. And, I, I mean, I've I've seen progressive churches come out and say that, you know, the Bible got it wrong, and now they're, like, teaching some kind of a new gospel. And I think I think the Bible warns against that as well. Absolutely. But what what in the Bible, it, what, what is the rules for, you know what I mean? What, what makes Paul, so, like, typically in the Old Testament, this is an interesting point that I've been thinking about a lot, a lot recently. Typically in the Old Testament, um, when God gives a law, it's very direct. 
this, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, written down on stone by God to be given to the Israelites. Meanwhile, okay, Israelites built a golden calf. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, some other stuff's going on. Um, Whenever God gave laws, typically in the Old Testament, it was very clear. It was, it was always to protect them. Thus, yeah, right. But God always made it very clear that it was from Him. Thus saith the Lord. That's true. God is saying this. Not everything in the Old Testament is law. It's a very important thing to remember. A lot of things in Proverbs are not law. A lot of things in Psalms are not. Those are not written as laws. Those are written as praises. Those are written as as or well, in Proverbs, Psalms. Proverbs. Is Proverbs wisdom. is like wisdom, right? Yeah. But it's not. It's not law. It's not like you're going to go to hell if you don't do this. Oh, it would just be wise for you. It'd be wise for do. you too, but it's not law. Most of, in no point does all the writings of Paul given as thus saith the Lord or this is law. It was advice to a particular church mm-hmm. on how to deal with the problem that that church was dealing with. That's why it says things like a woman shouldn't cut her hair. It's a shame to her. A man should cut his. It's a shame yeah. not to. Women shouldn't shouldn't talk in church. All of these things had very direct reflections of what those churches were going to. So the question is, is are the, the, the rules given by Paul in the New Testament, do they land on even ground as the laws given by Jesus or given by God in the Old Testament? And does the Bible ever even imply that? And I don't think that it does. Yeah, I don't think so, neither. Well, the, 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 the slippery slope, or however you would like to put absolutely, it. Absolutely, this puts us on a slippery slope. Go ahead. You're absolutely right, though. Is, yes, Paul was addressing those different churches with those church letters. Mm-hmm. And for however long period of time in history, 1,900, 2,000 years, that has been the way that the church did it. Right. Then you had Catholicism. Then you had Martin Luther with the the 95 Thesis known to the Catholic door. Then you had uh, Protestantism, and you had a Reformation. And so, yeah, the church has evolved and changed and, over time. And, and with, the culture, different. Yeah. with the culture, with the culture, we have different translations now. It used to be like people like you and me wouldn't even have access. We would have to go to a priest right. mm-hmm. to receive the word. And then how would you know if it was right? Yeah. What if, what if he was just lying in his pockets? Right. Which they were. Yes, absolutely. Which the, which the Catholic Church was. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And and so uh, it's a slippery, s- slippery slope when we start talking about these cultural issues that we're dealing with today. And the only thing I would ask, I, I don't have an answer, but are are we better for it with the things that we have now allowed, or are we worse off? Because Joe Rogan clip I watched, it was like a minute and a half clip, and Joe was making a point to his guests that there is no book in existence that tells a person how to live a good life. And I was like, who's going to tell him? There is a book with such things. The Bible. Right. Like uh, Most religious books would claim to, though. Yeah. But the Quran would also claim to. Sure. I mean, yeah, the Quran would do that as well. Uh, But, like, we We would just disagree on the quality of the life. Like, yeah. We believe that we have figured and out. And our morality it. would would judge us on yeah, that. Right. And it would be our guide. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a very deep topic. Yeah. That's a very deep topic. Cause I don't know. You want to go any deeper? I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm riding with you guys wherever y'all want to go, you know. Um, to the question that you asked before, and I, I've given this a lot of thought because the thing about it is I think that it's really arrogant to assume as Christians that we have it all figured out. Because we're talking about literally an infinite being 
that is the author of infinity on potentially an infinite number of levels. So we we have the ability to perceive the world in four dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. We can see the world through um, depth, height, width, which is which creates space. Within that space exists matter, which we can, but that's not a dimension. It's just matter can exist within those dimensions, and then the fourth dimension would be time. We can we can perceive time in a in a in a like an arrow in the way that it, I'm good um, in the way that it uh, shoots the way we're experiencing it. We experience it in in a, in a single dimensional format. Mm-hmm. So we experience time in a single dimensional format. We experience space in a three dimensional format, and within that space exists matter. Okay. God potentially, he's in my opinion, that box. in my opinion, not only is he outside that box, he's the author of infinity in the way that he experiences time. We experience time in one dimension. He mm-hmm. experiences time in an infinite number of dimensions. So in God's reality, in my opinion, this is just my theory, God experiences time under the context of he sees it, everything that possibly could everything happen. Everything all at once. All, but but not just not just everything all at once in our arrow of time, mm-hmm. because there's a version of time where I do this, and there's a version of time that I didn't, mm-hmm. and God experiences reality in both of those versions, and in an infinite number of variations of that version. So like right. when you say, why did God let this happen? God only allowed that to happen on that one timeline. God is experiencing every timeline of every possibility all at once, all at the same time, because he experiences time in an infinite number of dimensions. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what okay. omnipotent means, right? Or yeah. omnipresent. Well, uh, omnipotent means is he's all-knowing. Uh, uh, well, and then omnipresent no. means he's all-present. Uh, but if you're all-knowing, you know across all there, There's venues. three. Well, there's all-knowing, all all-powerful, all and then, uh, like you said, he's every, everywhere all at once. He's right, omnipresent. Right. Omnipresent, yeah. Um, right, but, but, but our idea of all-knowing would be all-knowing within our timeline. See, God knows every timeline mm-hmm. where humans never existed. Where there's been life on every other planet within every other solar system in in the universe at a different time. There's a timeline where I didn't show up to do this. Right. There's a timeline where you showed up drunk. There's a timeline you showed up naked. There's a timeline. There's a timeline of every single possible outcome that could happen happens. And so his perception of time is literally infinite. Our perception of time is single dimensional and a straight line. Uh Okay. So for us to assume that we um, that we understand kind of what's going on here with Jesus and heaven and, and hell and everything. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to assume. It's a ridiculous thing to assume that we have something that's literally the author of infinity. Because he, he authored infinity in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Through numbers, through space, potentially through time, even though we do believe that it has a, it has a starting point 13 billion years ago. That's just our what we think. Um, matter, for all we know, matter fills up every point in space. You know, so we there's there, there's infinity. He's created infinity in these all these different areas for us to assume as such insignificant beings, like such insignificant beings that we understand. Like, like in my opinion, the Bible was given to us as like, okay, this is all your this is all you really can can get like. It's the reason why I don't get hung up on the creation story, okay? And this, I know we've, we've had disagreements here. Yeah. I'm not saying that I don't agree with the creation story. God, but let's say that the creation story is what science says it is. For one thing, in no way is that less amazing than the creation story of the Bible. In my opinion, it's more amazing, and it is um, 
more supernatural. The creation story of science says that 13.5 billion years ago, all matter was created, all space and time was created in an instant in which the only thing that we know travels faster than light is space. Space was created, time was created. All of the energy that was created that, that was created in that moment has now been recycled to create every mm-hmm. bit of energy that still exists today. So the sun is leftover energy from the Big Bang. We are energy that has been recycled through exploding stars back on Earth. That energy has recycled itself up into consciousness of humans who now get to sit around and wonder why we're here. That is fucking crazy, guys. That is insane. We are leftover star matter that has that was created at the Big Bang that has always existed. Now tell us about the Rory Borealis because that's where souls are trying to go back home. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. But you know, here's you the point that, that I'm the Big making. Bang could be like I feel like the Big Bang did happen, but it was and spoken. God said. That's exactly right. It had to be okay because so when he said "Let there be, let there be," that was the big, exactly. Well, I but, feel but that's that's what the, I think the Big Bang pr- proves is that that had to happen because what is the Big Bang? The Big Bang, they believe there was no space in the universe. Right. Okay. Now we can't understand no space. Because all we can fathom as nothingness is empty space. We think of nothingness as a dark room. There's nothing. No, there is something. There's space. Before the Big Bang, there was no space. There was no matter, or all the matter there was was the size of a pin. So everything in the entire universe was compressed down to this itty-bitty little dot, and there was no time. So there was no time to put space, there was no matter to, space to put matter, and there's nowhere to put the space because time didn't exist. And in that moment, something happened, and they clicked, and then the universe was created. Now the question is this, in order for that to happen, doesn't something have to exist outside of time, space, and matter? Yes. In order for there to have been action taken independent of time because how does the big bang happen without time there was no time for it to happen in there's no sign there's no way for a scientific thing to have occurred before there was time because there's nowhere for it to have occurred something exists outside of how we perceive time can you imagine having this conversation with your dad would he be open to the suggestion i've tried but you really have to you have to pitch it in a, in a way yeah, yeah like, I've done when, I, way. when i've talked to my dad about things that uh you know his beliefs and the way that he was brought up and what is concrete in his mind. When you bring up an idea such as this and pitch it like this, is like, I'm not saying that your idea is wrong, but here's a different way to think about it. Right. It's almost as if, I mean, it's, you're heresy. kind of, of blockheaded to it. Yeah, you know, heresy. Heresy. yeah, yeah. it's like they, they'll get mad about it or you, uh, or they're just like, no, God spoke it. Yeah. That settles it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not an answer. That's like how a monkey would answer. Well, I mean, it's also the same you know I mean? as, uh, I mean, you're, you're both parents. It's, uh, well, I told you no. Mm. Well, well, you know, why not? Because I said no. All right, that's not a reason. Yeah. That's not a reason. Right. Like that, that, that only works as long as I trust you as the authority. And I'm sorry, but you're, like, uh, compared to the universe, we're all dum-dums. I don't trust any of you guys. I don't <laughs> trust Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't trust Joel Olstein. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. Like, like, you're... Like, okay, and, and that's the thing about, like, if this is all nothing and we're just evolved monkeys, we're monkeys. I don't need to believe you. You know what I mean? Like, like and, and I do, and I'm not, a, I have differing views on the, the evolution, but if there is no God and we're just single-celled organisms that keep, 
we've barely made it to space. We have not figured out space travel. Right. We haven't been able to, to investigate other than from telescopes where it's like little pinpricks more than, you know, a, a couple light years away. Mm-hmm. I mean. We're pretty good I, at splitting atoms and blowing each other up, though. Uh, it, we, yeah. yeah, we figured that thing out. But the thing about it is, think about how much deeper that could go that we haven't figured out. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Hard. It's hard for me to even fathom. Like, have you ever sat and tried to think about a light year? Right. Like the distance a light year is? Do you not get it's so, so much bigger than you, we can even Do you imagine? not get so in your head that it almost scares you like you're yeah. about to fall off into something that you can't explain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just wild. I mean, like, sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night, I get to thinking about just that. It's like just thinking about space, and I'm trying to go there in my mind. Next thing you know, it's that phenomenon, you know, like to where, you know what, what it's like when you catch yourself falling out of bed and you're half mm-hmm. asleep, mm-hmm. and you, you catch yourself? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing. It's like it's it's shocking. Yeah. It kind of pulls, like to, it kind like of to us, Montana's back. big. Yeah. yeah. Like to us, Texas is big. <laughs> yeah. We go to Montana and we look at the big open skies of Montana. It's like, wow, look how big it is. That's as big as we can imagine. Truthfully, that's as big as we can comprehend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of, spe- I mean, that is a that is a, literally an atom in comparison to the universe. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's just it's there's, it's just as small. It's nothing. Yeah. It's it's literally the definition of nothingness. It's it is the smallest of the smallest of the smallest thing that exists in this universe. It's as big as we can comprehend. Mm-hmm. We are living on an atom, basically. Like the whole world is bigger than we can actually comprehend. The Earth is too big for us to comprehend. And we can, the like ocean. The amount of water in the ocean is too big for us to comprehend. I mean, we talk about we're it all dumb times. Like just the word infinite, but you ever see? You can't comprehend what infinite really is. Right. Like, but we throw it around like, oh, it's you know infinity this, infinity that. But if you sit and think, you that'll blow your mind. So the reason why I don't get caught up on the creation story is because. If God was writing a book 4,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago. However, well, the creation story explain, was also backwritten because it wasn't described. Right, it, right, it, it was, was written in the days of Moses, Moses right, which yeah. would, would have been 3,000 years right, ago. Right, exactly. And like, how many generations passed before he recorded that? Right. Yeah, right. It's, and, and the reason I don't get hung up on it is, okay, let's say God, God wrote it with his own hand. I, I think that our concept of lying, like God can't tell a lie. I think our concept of lying is uh, is a little off. We think anytime you say something that isn't a hundred percent true, that that's a lie. Okay, but we all go home and tell our kids Santa's real. Am I going to go to hell for telling my kids Santa's real? Does God see that as a sin? Santa Santa isn't real. Okay, I don't know if y'all know this. What but the like, hell? Nobody's no, like, that's your parents who are dropping those presents off in the morning. Okay, did you? Are your parents going to go to hell? What I bought those if, cookies if they, for? If they did that, <laughs> is that a sin? No. Hmm. Well, then it's not a lie then, right? It's not a, If it's not a sin. So, I think so, that what we do to ourselves is we call it a white lie. Right. Well, I think that white lies are a real thing. I don't. I think that there are things that we say sometimes that aren't true for the better of the person that we're telling it to. Think about a joke. I mean, how many times have you been to a comedy show and this, this comedian is laying out a bit? Do you ever ask yourself... Did this really happen? Did it actually happen? Probably not. No. Or some version of it might have happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... it's it's not real. It's, it's, Are they going to go to hell for that? It's for entertainment. No, exactly. I wouldn't think so. Even if it's wholesome, even your Christian comedians, the stories they tell, hey, guys, they're not true. Probably they're not, injecting yeah. themselves into jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I've heard a lot of comedians tell like, basically little Johnny jokes. A lot of your little Johnny jokes are old comedian jokes, and they would tell it from the perspective of little Johnny, but it was no more true to them being in it than it was that little Johnny did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not real. And so when God, I feel like, writes things – 
it's written for the perspective of the person that it's written to. And so to expect an all-knowing infinite being to tell us in real time, imagine if he was, they were like, okay, here's what happened, guys. There was a time before time, space, and matter. We live in an infinite universe. And 13 billion years ago, God spoke it into existence. Then that, that existence began to expand, and it expands more rapid than light can travel. So travel, light's the fastest traveling thing that we have. But this is happening even faster than that. Infinite energy was released. That energy has recycled itself over billions and billions of years into consciousness. Consciousness that is indefinitely linked to its creator because it's the same energy that was created the moment that everything was created. So all the energy through the whole universe all comes from the same place and it's all linked to the creator that created it. So then you you, you, you ask yourself, okay, would Moses have understood that? Would the people of Israel... Okay, that doesn't make sense. The dudes over here that are, they're worshiping a golden calf. I know what a calf is. I don't know what a light year is. I'm going to go over there with these guys. Okay, like, because it's written for the perspective of the person that it's written to. The other question is, and this is where me and Christianity have had issues. And I'm a strong Christian. I go to church. I love God. And I believe Jesus was the son of God. Now, is it fair to assume that God only revealed himself to the Israelites? Are all monotheistic religions that are not Israelite, are they all, like, false teachings? Is there is there elements of truth in them? Because I would offer something more to the table because it, it used to not be that way. Uh, you know, when we started Abraham, before he was Abram, uh, even with Adam in the garden, God used to walk with him. God is actively been working and wanting to be a part of this creation since right. he accepted so, it. So let me ask you this, and I think you're right. What religion was Abraham? <laughs> there's, there's never a point in the Old Testament that it talks about Abraham finding God. And there's never a point in the Old Testament where Abraham is, is converted from a false religion. Abraham was worshiping God Abraham. along with the people of his time. We would call him a pagan. But would we? There was never a time that he converted. He didn't find God before God. We, before God found him, he was like you said. He was he was rich. He came from a well-to-do family, and he was doing everything right. in that culture. But, who but was then God, God in that called. Culture? But God called him out. God sought him out and found him and set him on a journey that would establish. So was it was he polytheistic before he before he God found him? I'm, sh- I'm sure he was worshiping whatever his father did. Which we have quite a bit of evidence was a monotheistic religion. Mm-hmm. Okay, wouldn't that be God? I have no idea. Exactly. So, so we we live in this world where I mean, Abraham was two one thousand five hundred. They believe I don't necessarily believe those are six thousand years old, but let's say that it is. Let's say that it is down to the exact T. You're still talking about almost two thousand years between him and Adam. That's the same amount of time as between us and Jesus. Okay. What Cain and Abel, that are not Cain, Abel and Seth, they worship God. Noah worshiped God. Okay, his mm-hmm. children worship God. Mm-hmm. I thought you, you, we're stepping into things that we can't know. So, well, I think that this is this is what I'm arguing. We're so quick to dispel all these monotheistic religions that have very very strong correlations to Christianity as, you, you can as they you weren't can. they aren't the same God. 
But we don't believe that, while we don't agree with the, the Jews, we believe that Jews are worshiping the same God as us. I personally believe that the Muslims are worshiping the same God as us or trying to. I mean, it comes because from the same place. You got the, yeah, the split lineage between. And it, and it goes. And it, They're all and Abrahamic faiths. Right. And it goes to show you um, where, like, we believe that the, the split is at Jesus. Like, because we believe that what made the monotheistic religion of Judaism special as Christians, and there's quite a bit of evidence. That's that, the only thing that sets them apart. That's what sets them apart is they are called to be the people that produce the Messiah that's going to save and turn everyone to the one true God. Mm-hmm. That's what set the Jews apart. The Jews are still looking for the Messiah. They don't. They don't accept. Which is insane. They, they don't accept Christ as the Messiah. In the way, when you look they, at they how look at Christ, him as a prophet. But when you look at how he fulfilled the prophecy of the Messiah, mm-hmm. he fulfilled he fulfilled every single part of the prophecy. Well, I mean, it goes when you look at the New Testament, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the teachers of the law. It's a really religious episode. Yeah, it got that way quick. But yeah. uh, when when he was talking to those guys, like you could tell that they held him in contempt. And everything that he was doing up to his resurrection or his death on the cross and resurrection, they were still in disbelief. Even when the temple, oh, when sure. the veil was torn, yeah. and like, did, I mean, do you hear that record? I think it was recorded in John to where like there were people who were recorded dead. They were walking that day when the veil tore. Like that's there's a fairly miraculous thing going on here, but they still dismiss it. Just all the miracles in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, and there, you know, the, the, what the uh, what the skeptic would say is that a lot of those tales are are exaggerated or untrue. Well, sure. I mean, we you we know, like to tell a tall tale. That that would be the you know a lot of people believe that Jesus in the way that we study him did never actually existed. Like there was a person that existed at that time, but a lot of the writings were written after the fact. And, um, it was exaggerated. Um, there is quite a bit of evidence, though, that Jesus did exist, and that oh, sure. least, even in the I mean, even in the Islamic religion, they speak about him in the Quran. He's a prophet, yeah. But I'm just saying, he, so he's not. They were, not make believe. They, they were record, and this is what. It, so the origins of Islam was uh, in Mecca, when the Jews were coming down and trading. Mecca was a hub, and they had that big black stone. Right they still the got the the Wailing Wall there, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't Islamic and mm-hmm. Christian faith still mm-hmm. meet there? That's true. Yeah. Uh, when the stories were being passed down as they are, so like I tell you a story, then you tell Jacob the mm-hmm. same story. You're gonna miss some details that I gave you, and then by the time the story gets back to me, Talk it's like telephone, yeah, telephone, it's telephone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how Islam was founded. And so, like when you read the Quran, like. They record Martha as being the mother of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Martha is in the story. She was a friend of his, not his mother. That was Mary. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you kind of see, like, the Quran and Islam being a game of telephone, but I do not disagree with you to where, yeah, all these, all these religions that are of the Abrahamic faith, and I think they are aiming towards the singular God that I believe to be real. Just because I'm a Christian, I would say that... I don't think that's a good, that's a good reason, but go ahead. But I think it, there's probably better reasons to give other than just because I'm a Christian. I mean, why do, why do you... Like, well, I guess the question you have to ask yourself then is, like, why are you a Christian? Well, that, that was actually going to be my next question like <laughs> for all of us here at this table is why do we go to church and why do we hold these things to be true and why are we... A, 
well, not my, I don't have kids, but why are you bringing your kids to this? You want to go first? This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word, Porch Talk, all one word. Receive 20% off your total purchase order and get free shipping. Uh, Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0 that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the weed whacker, which is for those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Uh, that is for um, it's for your genitalia there, there boys. Uh, it'll keep you from, uh, if you've ever been in the south in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there in those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com, and if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming, they also, the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever owned. So if you have never given Manscaped a try, I highly recommend them. You can go to manscaped.com, use Porch Talk as your promo code at checkout. Receive 20% off your total purchase order. And, uh, man, just look at my beard. If that says anything about them, should say it all. I got the best beard around. No doubt about it. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I can. I mean, um, I mean, uh, not only I wasn't introduced to it just out of the blue. I was raised in a Christian household, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just um, over the years... You know, growing up that way, and then seeing it for myself, and and reading into it myself, it, it I believe it. You know, I believe I, I see it to be right. I I know everybody says you've experienced some supernatural stuff, but I have, and I feel it's ultimately related to you know Christianity. And you know, I I pray deeply about things, and things happen, things don't happen. But I don't know. Um, I just I believe that I believe that and Jesus you, came. And I believe He is the Son of God, on, right? Yeah. Why? I believe there's one true God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and He came back and died for our sins. I feel that way. I believe it. Amen. I feel. I believe it in my heart. So um, it's not. It's not like I'm just like, man. I, I want to do this because I, I think it's the right way. No, I feel it. I feel like. I feel like it is. Could you so. imagine leading your family in any other way? No. Hmm. I could. I could imagine it. I wouldn't. Well, I'm not yeah, saying I would well, do it, but I could, I could imagine. Yeah, it. I, guess, I guess if you say, could, yeah, could I imagine? Yeah, I could, but I, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, not like I, said, I believe in my heart. I feel this is the right right way for me and my family. That's, that's one thing that I think about is uh, if I was anywhere else in the world, you'd have been raised in a different belief system, a co- different culture, different yeah. belief system, and like, man, that's because I've been to those countries to where it's not Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that and they and they view their religion in the same manner that you view Christianity. Yeah, and they had the way that they view the world and the way that they view people is from a different lens that yeah. I do. And you know, I think we we are beginning to see a a decline in Christian culture in America and I think that's that's why we are in some kind of a weird hellscape for lack of a better world word for the hell that we're in right now mm-hmm. with i mean you brought it up like i mean we don't even know what the fuck a woman is anymore right right well and that so i'm i've got i have a i have a little different answer to that question Go for it. than i think most people do so the question is why 
how did I come to this? And what that comes to for me is I've got two separate answers, okay? Mm-hmm. So the first one is I – I spent a lot of time researching science, and and I really want to know the scientific reason behind things. And okay, what does science say? And and okay, this and, and you're just trying to like figure out what do I really believe. And this is what I came to. I came to if there isn't a God. Okay, that's the first thing. If there isn't a God, because that's the first question you have to ask before am I Christian? Is there a God? Okay, if there isn't a God, morality is totally subjective. There is no there is it's no better for me to feed the hungry than it is for me to rape a child. Reality is completely subjective. There is no right or wrong. There is no truth. There is no lie. There is like there is no such thing as reality. So, um, if that is the case, if it is no better for me to feed the hungry than it is to kill someone, if those were the same action, the only difference is is what direction does it point civilization? Because essentially that's what laws and, and religious contexts are. It's the direction in which you want to point the reality of the future, the direction in which you want your family to live, you want the, the future generation to uphold. You're seeing um, that breakdown. I hate to interrupt and, you. And, and no, you are. You are seeing that breakdown. But if, if it is subjective, then that's neither good nor bad on an objective level. If that's true, then the direction I want the world to go can be completely selfish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for me, I would rather keep things the way that my great grand, my grandparents and great grandparents sure. had them. Because if it is completely subjective, we're a bunch of monkeys on a rock hurling through space that don't know shit. We might as well just all worship the big shiny thing in the sky or worship the invisible God we can't see and give each other some morality uh, checkpoints to to keep us all in. Say the book is exactly what it is. There's no reason not to. We don't have enough information to have a different differing opinion. Everything's subjective and selfishly, I like the way things have been done over the last several hundred, last hundred years. I like. I want to make my ancestors proud. Selfishly, I want this to be the world that I grow into. So now let's come back to the original point. So if they're right and there isn't a God, it does not change my worldview at all. Because then everything is subjective. What you think or want to do is subjective. Us continuing to get better scientifically being a good thing is subjective. I would say it's a bad thing. I want to keep things about right where they're at. Or honestly, let's go back 50 years for me. Like I just think that we have too much technology. I think we're too far ahead. I think, we've got, I think life's a little too easy for us. So really, I don't like the reality that we live in. I don't want to live in a world we can't figure out what a woman is. I think I think young people now are uglier than they used to be because they have weird hairdos. Uh, the, girls are trying to look like boys. Boys are trying to look more like girls. Everybody sucks. I'm just not happy with it. So if, if everything is can be selfish and subjective, then I'm going to just infuse my selfish, sub, subjective worldview on the world. Back up now. Let's say there is a God. So I'm, I'm going to look at the world because to me, I don't know how the Big Bang could have happened without it. Mm-hmm. So science wants you to look at logic and reason, and it wants you to give it one miracle, just one thing that we have absolutely no idea how it could have occurred. We want one miracle, okay, that sprung into life, everything that you see in front of you. That set us on a trajectory that we all have somewhat similar morals. Very few cultures out there that don't view things like murder as wrong. A lot of monotheistic religions have popped up throughout the world with very similar, similar views 
uh, very similar worldviews in terms of uh, when you look at Buddhism and Islam and, and Christianity and, and Judaism, and, and even when you start link, looking at monotheistic religions that predate Judaism, your earliest monotheistic theistic religions, you also see a lot of sun god, which when you look back at the Big Bang and you say, okay, this energy was released by this infinite being, released this energy, that energy created the sun. That's the energy that also created us. Like it would make sense that we would see this the energy given off by that big thing in the sky as God that would be pretty close to what God would be, you know, in their mind. So I, I think that we've been on this hunt, despite what evolution would say, because evolutionarily humans should not be pursuing religion and altered states of consciousness. If we were purely evolutionary evolutionary beings, it would be a bad thing for us to believe in a higher power and for us to seek out this spiritual identity that gives us an altered states of consciousness in the same way that it would be bad for us to want to drink alcohol, in the same way that it would be bad for us to want to smoke opium. But it isn't. We've chased these altered states of consciousness, these religious experiences, taking mushrooms, drinking a lot, Whatever it does to pull us out of this reality that we're in. It's escapism. Right, but why? Why do we have that? We're the, uh, and I'm not saying we're the only being that does, but it's counter to our evolution. Beings who wanted to do that should have been killed off by the, by the beings who weren't doing it because it puts you in a vulnerable state. Things that make you vulnerable should weed out evolutionarily, right? Well, then we, 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 that didn't happen. Humans have this undying need for this altered state of consciousness, for this religious experience, for this, for this connection to the divine, which makes no sense. Okay? Then you say, okay, everything came to a head about 2,000 years ago. We had, we had, a, we had a, a group of people that led with this prophecy of this person who's going to come and change history and turn everyone on the planet to their religion. They happen to be in the dead center of the of the, the where most people in the world were and they he happened to be born in the one moment, the one moment that being from that region would have made that religion spread throughout the world during the height of the Roman Empire. It was almost genocided. And and you look at you look at um what are you saying? I'm sorry. Remember at his birth. Oh, right. Yeah. But, but let's say he, that didn't he, even happen. He had to escape. Let's say none of the stories of the Bible are true, but you still had this figure who came to a head 2,000 years ago who is by far the most significant person in history. There is no yeah. one in history who's more significant by any stretch of the imagination. What year is it? What year is it? How did we get that number? You can call it common error or before common error if you want to. We all know what happened 2,000 years ago. We literally named time after this man. Yeah. Right. We named time. How which, we keep up with yeah. things. Right. By we're trying him, to change is, now. We, yeah. uh, he was born in the height of the Roman Empire, which was the first time probably. You know, you had the Persian Empire. <laughs> you, had, you, had the, you had the Greek <laughs> Empire. You had empires but not that spread as far north and into Europe like this one did. Not that you had some other ones that went, uh, went into Asia, but Asia was very cut off from these ideas. Asia was not receptive. That's the reason, you know, Paul tried to go to Asia and was rejected. That's why he went to Europe. That's why white people are Christians, right? And so in this moment, for the, one of the first times in human history, this person w- came up and completely fulfilled the law that was given and handed down by the Jews and change history forever. Now, I'm not a smart man, but I'm smart enough to recognize when something significant happened. When some, I mean, you look at other religions and they all call it like Buddhists call him a Buddha. Yeah. 
Confucius. Islam calls him a prophet. Confucius all your other, and Confucianism. Yeah, all your other religions view him as God, God-like, or prophet-like, on par with their highest prophets. He came to this earth and he preached love. He preached loving others as yourself and love God, and he taught us how to live. He taught us to to do things that are so contrary to our evolution, Get but for some reason, reason leads to our happiness. Ye who is without sin, throw the first stone. Before judging your brother, get the log out of your own eye, dude. Man, all the... If your hand causes you to sin, cut, cut it, it off. Cut it off. And you, you, well, also, just the rejection of looking for... See, if evolution were, ever, were, were true, 100%, evolutionarily, we, we look for struggle. But fulfillment should be found in acquiring land, money, and women. That's what should fulfill us. If we were purely evolutionary beings, if we were purely evolutionary. Yeah, we'd be bourgeoisie. We would have and have not. That would be all that drove us. But we're deeper than that. We have more than that. That's why we escape, by the way. And that's why we escape. We're escaping this reality. We have a soul and we are. And, And to your point, what is the purpose of this life? And I cannot tell you why God put us there, but I'm going to tell you what I think. Why I think we're here. What's your legacy? I, I think that I think it's I think it's simpler than that. I think we're here to suffer. I think the purpose of life is to find it's happiness suffering. and to find God in suffering. I think it's I think it is the purpose of having a truly free willed being be put into a horrible environment and learn to find as a soul who doesn't feel like it belongs here. That God's com- enough. That to look for God, God's enough, how to find happiness in the hurt, happiness in the pain, like happiness that. in the suffering, and learn how to pursue that without material things, without everything that evolution has taught us to, to look for, without everything that the, our flesh in the world tells us to pursue, how to find happiness apart from that. And when you're able to do that, that's truly, I think, the purpose of why we're here. And I think if you're unable to do that and unable to find God and unable to find that happiness and the pain that you, you see these people in these third world countries and they're just so happy, mm-hmm. they've got life figured out, but they have nothing. And being able to find that no matter where you are, no matter if you have money or you don't have money, no matter what you have, finding it through God, like when you do that, I think that allows you when you pass on from this life to enter into eternal happiness and eternal inter- eternal grace. And when you don't find that, I think that it's a separation. Like I think you almost die and stay in that state. Like you, you, you. I think you have a limited time to find it in a way, if that makes sense. I think our consciousness has a limited time to find because it's a it's a lifelong endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's teaching you like tools and tactics for the next day. right. Patience, yeah. tools, tactics, how to be how to be calm in the storm. How the fruits to, of the spirit. How to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And, and the older I get, the more I find myself like when I'm when I begin to take those on and start mastering them, so to speak, mm-hmm. is like in the midst of a storm, I can have peace. Right. I can mm-hmm. and I can I can rest easy. Right. Even though everything around me is falling down and collapsing, it's like these things are true. Right. Yep. And I think that's the purpose of life. I think that's why we're here. I think that an infinite being recycled his his, his created energy into these <laughs> conscious beings that have complete free will, and it, it, we're going to shift through the separate the wheat from the chaff. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out who who's going to go on this journey 
this this journey to find him. Who's going to go on this on this quest? Which is one of the uh, the things. And I'm not saying you, I, I'm not saying that I don't believe in deathbed like um, confessions and people who 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 convert. I think if they they do it truly and wholly, I think it can absolutely happen at the end of your life. Thief on the cross. Right. Yeah, right. I feel the same way. But I, I also think that. It's a really sad thing to see someone who doesn't get it. Wasted that. their whole life, right? Like and, and just and 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 well, miss. You just wasted your earthly life, right? But if you gain an eternal life, then yeah. But you we, we store up riches in heaven, and so when you get you there, have what, what, what you may get, but at least you get to spend. And I think, it on the, I think heaven the is, is going to be a lot different. Than I think what heaven, people think. Oh, nobody. I think does. it's going to be a lot different. I don't think it's going to be mansions, and I'm, I'm not no saying it's going to be. I don't think it's just going to be mansions and streets of gold. I think it's going to be. I think it's gonna. I think at times it's gonna be stressful. I think it's gonna be. Um, well, I think, I think we're, that's I what think we're it being says primed for. Somewhere we're gonna continue to work. And yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, we're, and it's, it calls it says we're gonna be rulers. Yeah. Um, at, at one point, I don't remember exactly where, so don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. But it, it it definitely, I think that we're being primed and taught for what's coming next. And I think one I of think the most so. important things that we're being taught is long suffering, patience, love, um, gentleness, you know, self control. Mm-hmm. Like how to how to be able to say no, and that's why I don't think addicts like I I, I don't think when I, I don't think addicts are necessarily going to go to hell. That's not what, at all what I'm saying. I think they almost are the accumulation of that process of that like because you see people when you overcome addiction, you don't come back like you have to become a better person to be. No, able to do Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you that you're always an alcoholic. And, well, what I'm saying is, like once you go, there's no coming back. By the time, so let's say you're, you're an alcoholic. What I'm saying is. By the time you recover and you reach sobriety, that process makes you a different person. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get there, you're not the same person that left on the journey, and you're not the same person. You're a better person than you were when you, before you got on cocaine, like or before you got on alcohol, or before you got on meth. Or, I disagree. You know? I like being jacked up. <laughs> I do too. Everybody, that's what I'm saying. Everybody likes it. Yeah. I don't know. That's just that's my that's my late night staring out into the into the stars, like self conversations that I've had. Yeah, you know, with okay, what is all this, and why am I here? I got, man, I get those questions all the time. Like one of the biggest ones I think of is, can you fall from grace? You think so? Like talking about that. <laughs> See, I so, do, say, so say if you've been saved, what if you relapse? And well, you relapse enough to the point that it takes your life. We can bend. And we can bend scripture. So I always think about that too, want. though. Uh, I would. My argument would be: No, you can't fall from grace. You never received it. Well, so you don't think that, you don't think here. once you were saved, your name was written in the book of book of life. So that's if it's way, written there. That's it's the not, way it is in Revelation. It says, "Once your name is written, it is written." So and it if was you written in the blood of the Lamb, right? Um, you know, Paul talks about uh, the the warns though against falling from grace and says that once you fall from grace you can never re-enter it and if you if you got like implying to me that if you got saved and then rejected it you can't get saved again you have to go to hell at that point which is I believe in Galatians let me look it up real quick I think um, that's rejecting the the his teachings yeah I, I'm talking about like say like you feel like um you know you've backslidden so much that you feel like you you've done too much you, you know mean, what I mean? Like, is it? Does that make sense? Like, no, like, like before before salvation? No, 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 like, no. no, no. You, I mean, he's saying that you could be found, but you backslid, and you, and then you say you just go through a rough patch in your life, and that's then you're doing. So, I don't think. 
Or what if it leads you? What if you're in that rough patch and it takes you to the moment of your death, though? But you were um, saved earlier in your life. Your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Was it, that's the way I perceive it. Is it taken it. out? I don't no, think so. I don't think so either. I think there's just a lot of answering you. I think it, exactly. I think it's something you have to answer to on the day of judgment. Yeah. So, but, but I don't know. I, I, I was where I was going with that was you talking about the you know you stare off into space at night and the questions you get. I have, I have tons. I get questions yeah. like that all the time. Did you find what you was looking for, Jake? No. Well, dude, let's uh, let's put a pin right there. Let's let's pick this up and do it again. Sure. Cool. Jake? I'm done. Yeah, uh, sure. Any, anything else? Galatians 5 4 is the church I'm looking for. Or Galatians 5. Um, Christ has become no effect on, unto you whatsoever. Um, or it talks about uh, ye are severed from Christ. Um, but I'll have to, we can put a pen in it and, and I'll bring it up at a different yeah. time. I've, maybe I'll bring the computer. We'll go live next time. Maybe we can have some people like chime in. I bet a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about oh, yeah. this kind of thing. For sure. Of Anything you'd like to shout out, share? Mississippi Superman Show. Yeah, man, uh, y'all check us out. Mississippi Superman Show on uh, TikTok. Or the Mississippi Superman now on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, also check out the Man of Podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You know, um, it's been a, been a pleasure, man. I've enjoyed. I, I always enjoy. I always enjoy coming on your show and going on other people's show because I feel I can speak a little more freely. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to. You're like, a different animal here, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it, when I when I when I get to be on someone else's show, I get to loosen up a little bit more. That's how mm-hmm. I feel when I come on yours. Yeah. That's how I feel. So <laughs> thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, man. Bless anything. No, man. I appreciate it. Well, I enjoyed it. That was good. We're out of here. Thank Peace. you, bro. Peace. To stay, he works down on the dock, down on the IP by that old foul river lot. He lost his mind in the Vietnam War. Now he spends his nights, he's lonely at the liquor store. Mary Lou Wilson That's where I buy my weed Preacher and a pilgrim And they're living in an old RV Right behind old Bodine's Down by the Quickie Mart on D.I.P. few years back when the spill went down we were under attack and it pissed off the whole damn town Governor Bentley well he never did a goddamn thing guess he was probably too busy flirting with his employees Now we got deformed fish Yes, and three-eyed shrimp Mutated hyla 
alligator, I blame it on the government. Ever since that day, now it ain't been the same way since on DIP. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.